Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Welcome, everybody, to the American Maiden Page Show. I hope you guys are all doing well. Zach here. I am back with my co-host, Mr. Dreg. Oh, you can move the camera if you want. He's just playing with it right now. But um, ideally, I want to talk a little bit more about something rather serious. I wouldn't say it's any closer to my heart than some of the other things that we talk about on this show. But uh, while I do this, Professor Dreck, I'm going to be forwarding you this email right now so you can take a look at it while we're talking here uh, about black on Asian crimes. And this was very nice because this was actually sent to me by a fellow listener. I really appreciate you sending us some resources here. I just sent it to you. And I kind of took a look at some of this stuff, but part of the progressive agenda, right, is obviously pitting minorities against each other. We've talked about this extensively on this channel. And there's not a lot of coverage. There's not a lot of coverage on black on Asian crimes. You know, Colin Flaherty is this guy, this guy who's written books on black on Asian crimes. But you'll never see this mainstream. You'll never see this kind of violence that's uh, primarily in a lot of progressive cities like New York and San Francisco and relatively le- recent too. you know, just recently there was a, uh, you know, an old lady that was brutally beaten out in San Francisco. You see a lot of footage of black people really attacking uh, Asians on public transportation on buses, not just in New York, but in San Francisco. I'm, wa- I'm laughing because of these videos dude, that you sent me. Yeah. I, well, hey. I mean, it's, it's, but it's true though. It's like, you know, no, when, when, like, I don't want to bring this back to the no. L.A. riots, but like when we talk about race wars, right? I know with Rodney King, that was one thing, but it's like there was a lot of black and Korean like just going at each other for, I mean, you know, that part of Los Angeles is primarily Koreans, right? But it's always in these progressive cities, you know, it's, it's always in these progressive cities where you're actually going to see the most minority friction specifically black on Asian crimes doesn't happen a lot in other, in other parts of the States It primarily happens here. And it's ironic because, you know, a lot of people are still thinking that, Hey, you know what? I'm going to move to a cosmopolitan city. I'm going to live out in New York and San Francisco just because it's progressive. It's diverse. And we don't have to worry about it. It's like, nah, you're, you're actually more likely to be shot. You're more likely to be a victim of a hate crime. The the irony is is that you think it's ironic. It's not ironic. It's to be expected. But see, you know, but when I say ironic is this is for our listeners who think, hey, don't move out to Knoxville, Tennessee if you're Chinese. You're going to get beaten up out there. No, you're going to get beaten up if you move to Los Angeles. (laughs) Or San Francisco or Oakland. Wherever it's progressive, you got to expect to be brutally beaten by some by some transient or some some the the poor people is what they do yeah and, and that's what's bred in these areas no because like dude i'm going over this this email and uh first of all shout out to the guy who sent us this email look at he sent it look at all these links man people are see this professor drag let me just say i want to say a special thank you to the listeners because they're actively engaged look 
look at all these all these links that we were sent. But yeah, and, and, <laughs> and nobody sends a link to gun deals. <laughs> but people That's people funny. keep asking me to talk more about black on Asian crimes. I would say that aside from dating videos on the original YouTube, I get more requests to talk about progressive hate crimes. And this is coming from Vietnamese, Thai, Cambodian, Chinese folks who watch my channel and say, hey, can you talk about the fact that uh, the reason why it seems that a lot of these older Chinese folks seem to be prejudiced against black people or whatever is because actually they get attacked. Now, again, I'm not a racist, but you cannot deny that in a lot of these progressive cities in a lot, and when businesses are owned, like the whole nail salon story that I told you, right? When that black lady didn't want to pay for her nails being done and she was chased out with a broom, it's like, it's not because they're, they don't like you. It's because you didn't want to pay. It's because you're cheap. Well, and again, it's because, uh, here's the problem that people don't get it. And, and your listeners really need to understand this. This literally has nothing to do with the race. And I mean, literally has nothing to do with the race. Mm -hmm. The problem, and we spoke about this before. And the thing is like this. How many white people do you know open up businesses in the ghetto? Seriously. I don't know anyone personally. Like zero. There is a, a movie that's out right now called the sun is also a star Mm -hmm. and that movie kind of touches on it a little bit but not really but it's it's the story about a korean dude hooking up with a black chick and uh how do they meet because the koreans own the wig store you know like a a human hair wig store and the only people who buy human hair for wigs not only but the majority of people who buy wigs Mm -hmm. are black women Right, right. Grow long, straight hair. It's just a reality. So, you know, who opens up these types of businesses? Well, you know, Asian people. So if Asians own all the businesses in a community that is riddled with broke-ass people where the crime rate is extremely high, why would they expect not to get robbed? It makes no sense. It's it's like, and you hate to say things like this, but only very ignorant people will go into any type of ghetto, open up a business, and not expect violence against them. That's why they got to be prepared. Like, whoever sent you that email is actually smart, sending us a link to guns. Like, yeah, because that's the truth. When you open up a business in a ghetto, if you don't have guns, you are an idiot and deserve to get robbed. Killed, maybe not, but at least robbed and severely beaten because that's the rules of the ghetto. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Because I, 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 and I want you to continue on that, but this is amazing. So shout out to you, Tony. I won't say your full name, but shout out to you for sending us Black on Asian Crimes and the fact that you actually sent us a link to an armory, right? Where we put in a code to get money off on Glock 22s. Dude, give yourself a hand. Like this Asian guy knows what's up, you know, and this is a plugged in woke Asian. This is a real Asian who understands progressive. Like I'm willing to, I don't know much about this guy, but like that's, this is what I love is that they understand that it's actually, like when you these guns are actually really cheap. Yeah. Yeah. You can no, And I'm in Arizona, which is the most gun friendly state in, in America. So 
It's not dude, Texas. You know Santa Clara, the city in the Bay Area, dude. There's like a gun shop, you know, right there on uh, on Prune Ridge. You could yeah. buy a gun and gun shop, and then right across the street, you could legally carry guns. <laughs> like uh, you, you could honestly have uh, concealed carry permits in Santa Clara, in the city. Yeah, no, I believe Clara. it. I believe it, but continue what you were talking about with uh with this because we need to focus on black on well, Asian. We actually can make this segment a two part thing where we just talk about the progressivism between and specifically black on Asian crimes. Yeah, but see, but we we spoke about and that's why I don't want to sound like a broken record. But again, through EB five investments, you know, it it made it very easy for Asian immigrants to move into cities like you know Oakland, especially Oakland. Like uh, one of the videos is in Oakland, mm-hmm. right? I believe. Oh, well, this one's in a San Oh, the tenderloin. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> literally this woman got beat on the tenderloin. Or, or oh, Jesus. I, I like how they do this. It's called Visitation Valley. That's what they call it now. But in the old days, it was called Hunter's Point. So there's two spots in... Uh, uh, in San Francisco, that's Hunter's Point and the Tenderloin. Mm-hmm. Th- those places uh, suck ass. And uh, Visitation Valley is, is like, uh, used to be the worst until all the Chinese people moved in. But remember what we spoke about before, and I literally quoted, uh, you know, congressional records with Dianne Feinstein uh, getting the Navy to click. Because Visitation Valley mm-hmm. is where they had that... Uh, in the naval shipyard, there was a toxic waste fire for like two weeks that went unnoticed. Right. <laughs> so there was a toxic fire in San Francisco burning for two weeks. <laughs> and no one knew that the whole place was on fire. No one knew it because it was underground. Like the fire was literally underground, mm-hmm. undetected because it was underground. And this is the funny thing. Like, like this fire only shows and proves how the progressive way of thinking about global warming is a total myth. Mm-hmm. Think about this. There is a fire for two weeks underground, just burning toxic chemicals, you know, with nuclear waste and, and all kinds of crazy stuff from, from like from uh, leftover bombs and things like that. Yeah. Whatever. Two weeks unnoticed. It was burning for two weeks unnoticed in this vegetation valley, as they call it now. But anyway, but here's the thing. It's a ghetto. Remember, Willie Brown brought in a thousand Chinese families, literally all from China, Mm -hmm. just to build out that area. Mm -hmm. And uh, he got $500 million from them. and, uh, And these people were stupid enough to open up businesses because they trusted Willie Brown. And this is what happens. These Chinese people come as the richest in China coming over thinking that, well, I guess, I mean, they were lied to, so that, I guess that wasn't stupid. But, but the thing is like this. If somebody lies to you and then you notice you're living in a ghetto, oh, but, then, but then again, like when I think about it, when you're comparing it to China, it's like, well, this is better than China. So they felt more safe and more secure. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And I wanted to actually distill that a little bit, right? You are a proponent of bringing immigrants over as long as they're creating jobs. But why in this case, right, is bringing more Chinese to these progressive cities 
I guess not such a good idea. I mean, it, it is a good idea because okay, they get I'll work. Tell you why? In this one example, when they brought in a thousand, see, it's not just a thousand Chinese; it's a thousand families. Mm-hmm. So these people are able to for, and this is the thing that really bites. Instead of spending a million dollars, and, and oh God, and this is crazy because, and I'm literally just looking up, just looking at this article. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should talk about the article. Yeah, let's I, mean, talk I don't know about it. I mean, it's uh, it's on ABC Seven. The guy who wrote it was Dion Lim from uh, KGO, mm-hmm. and th- this came out. And, and this is in San Francisco earlier this year, so it's relevant. Yeah, so it's, it's really not amazing. like this happened ten years ago. This is not Rodney King. This is now. no, no. But we talked about this before. Remember uh, when we were talking about EB five? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, EB five, you're supposed to start a business. With the with the million dollars and hire ten people, create ten full time jobs. Sure. But what Willie Brown did was this: Willie Brown somehow, some way, abused. Uh, they call it target employment areas, and mm-hmm. target employment areas are places where the the um, unemployment is you know double the normal rate. So in Hunter's Point, it's really bad. So. And so they're able to only spend half a million dollars. But instead of opening up a business, what they ended up doing was they converted that place where there there was a toxic fire Mm -hmm. and then they built luxury condos on top of it. So you have all of these Chinese, you know, immigrants or, you know, their friends or whoever living in an area who just, and these people that live there, they have no idea who they are. All they know is that they're rich. Right. And they got tons of money. And so they figure they are now easy targets for uh, to get robbed. I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So the EB5 program finances the creation of a new business in exchange for green cards, bringing in folks and then creating jobs. Right. And what happens is if it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not in this incident. Not in this instance. See, in San Francisco, instead of creating businesses, they didn't even do that. What happened was Willie Brown took the money, gave it to a developer called Lennar. They built all these townhomes. And then what happened? Gentrification happened. And all of these blacks or the poorest people in the neighborhood, like Mexicans and blacks, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was black dudes because there's not a lot of Mexicans living in, in, in Hunter's Point. Right. Uh, so it's, you know, just on stats, you know, the, the first culprits would be black, second would be Mexicans or Hondurans or something like that. But anyway, so what happened in this instance was Willie Brown took $500 million. It didn't help the community at all. So he misled all of these Chinese people into thinking that Hunter's Point was this good place. And hey, look, you got your green cards. We're going to go ahead and, and, and build up these luxury homes with the money you gave us. And, and then you guys will be a part of the community, you know, not telling them how dangerous that community was. Mm-hmm. So you have this 88-year-old woman thinking this is, you know, a pretty good spot because, hey, guess what? It's you know, we're new here or whatever. This they were, they were actually strategically placed there. Now we can actually. Yeah, come they, they, that's, how, that's how they Valley. got the money. Yeah. It wasn't even like, I don't think Willie Brown goes, well, I, I want these people to get fucked over on purpose. But look, he needed, look, Willie Brown wants money. 
and he'll lie, steal, cheat, whatever it takes to get it. And he knew it was a lot easier to get people green cards for half a million than a million. Cause it's really hard. It's hard to get a guy to give you a million dollars, you know, but it's, but what's easier to give, to get somebody to give you half a million or a million. And it's a lot easier to get half a million versus 1 million. And that's what Willie Brown did. He got a thousand people to do it. And uh, that's why, you know, he ended up with uh, $500 million. It's okay. crazy, but it's legal. Yeah, I see, I see how that works, right? Because what you're doing is you're using communities. You're using high friction areas to be able to benefit because of the fact that it's cheaper there, right? And then you, I, mean, I think what ends up happening is, unfortunately, some of these lower income neighborhoods just happen to have more crime. You place Asian families there and you're going to get friction. You're going to get you know, people who are... Okay, but here's the thing that there's two parts to this story. The first part is this. Willie Brown and his company tricked a thousand people to giving him money. Mm -hmm. The second thing that he didn't do was make these people a part of the community. He didn't. These people were supposed to start businesses in that community. When you start a business in the community, at least you got people on your side. See, right. but in this story, nobody's sticking up for the Asian woman. Why? Because she's not a part of the community. Not even the Asians really give a fuck. <laughs> she, was almost, she was almost just transplanted there and just there was no... Is it because of a language barrier, perhaps? I mean, it's always language. No, but right? it's crazy. But, this, is, this is the thing it says, uh, we don't recognize her. She still has not come out of a coma. She's still, and I'm thinking, how do you not recognize this person? I mean, and then uh, I don't know who could do this, this in the right This article doesn't, doesn't explicitly tell us who's responsible here. Just that she was. No, because they don't know who did it. And the, and the problem is, and it's always going to be like, nobody cares because they're not a part of the community. Like yeah. the Asians that might live there, like the Filipinos or whoever, they don't care because they're thinking, ah, these are just rich foreigners and they got what they deserve coming in here and making life rough on us. And that's the thing. It's like, man, if you ever go there to Hunter's Point, you see the businesses all suck. It's the liquor store suck. Everything sucks in that area. And, and that's why it's a, it's a two part problem. Mm -hmm. it, it's it, and this part. And this is why so many people like Michelle Malcolm are against EB five, because this is what's happening in the EB five, you know, community. A lot of these politicians trick foreigners into just giving them money and then, uh, and then just plant them in the neighborhoods so they can save half a million dollars. Right, right. And I'm just starting the businesses. And the thing is, and then like, because I know I started off by talking about that movie, but it, but it is the truth. You can't start a business in a ghetto without owning guns and defending yourself. I mean, look at those YouTube videos. You'll see a lot of videos of criminals getting stopped in their tracks when the cashier whips out their gun <laughs> you know those are the funniest videos you know what i mean they come in all with even though they have guns themselves then they've got a big ass shotgun right in your face you know what i mean those are that always makes me laugh and i'm thinking you know you know these criminals have no gun training because you know they have the uh 
the the upper hand because mm-hmm. they're already walking in with their guns. If somebody else pulls out a gun, you automatically, even if you shoot in the air, that'll stop the cashier because the cashier, when he hears a gunshot and he's reaching for his gun, he's already two steps behind the criminal. Yeah. The criminal always has the upper hand. And but uh, a lot of these people, and also in California, because you can't, I see. Okay, so this is perfect. You just gave me an epiphany here, and this is why this is why California needs to needs to be a little bit loose when it comes to gun control and actually advocate for gun rights is because of this. When you have illegally acquired firearms, right, that means a lot of these criminals were not subject to a background test or training. And here's the thing: for anybody out there who's ever held a gun for the first time, you don't know what to do with it. It may seem pretty simple, right? And this is, this is, I'm speaking personally from my experience too. Before I got trained in how to use like, you know, your first 22 rifle or whatever, right? You actually don't know how to use it. You think you do, right? You, you know, but you actually don't. And I, I get it. It's point and click, right? But a lot of these criminals will not, will have it and they, but they won't be confident in the weaponry is what I'm saying. So yeah. here's the deal. What typically will happen is even if they're armed or not, if they're, if they're illegally obtained, it means they didn't re- receive adequate training. Why? Because you didn't qualify for training. You're a criminal, right? We wouldn't arm you in the first place. So you got that gun off of somebody uh, illegally, right? And the thing is for someone like that to enter a business or an institution, a store, and, and you know, try to threaten the cashier and get money, they may have the gun, and this is just my theory from watching the videos, mm-hmm. but they won't actually know how to use it defensively. So if that cashier gets the chance to pull out a gun and actually knows how to use it, they immediately will freak out. But the problem is, I think in California, I don't know, are these liquor stores and uh, I guess convenience stores, are they allowed to just have guns? Are they allowed to just have it behind the, the counters in case of a a burglary or an invasion so let me ask you wait who did your training huh who where did you get no your training? i didn't i didn't actually get trained this was a long time ago when i was a kid and it was just like a guy at a gun camp or whatever showing me how to actually use a rifle and that kind of stuff i i'll be honest with you i have never shot a handgun i don't know how to i've held one and i'm like yeah i don't know how to use this thing you um, trust me it's not the same thing when you you actually need to be trained in it otherwise you're not confident with it it's it's heavier than you think and yes for those of you who are listening who are gun users yes i'm a gun noob i don't i don't own a gun i haven't been trained in one i know how to use a shotgun and i know how to use a rifle but a handgun is like a different thing it's a complete no it'll be easy i mean for you I think you'll do very well with the handgun. <laughs> I do. I actually no. I, I I went up to the Scottsdale Guns Club actually about a week ago just to see what they had, right? And you know, once I uh, once I have a little bit more time available, I'll go get a training session. Go get you know, go get a license. Go get a con- concealed carry permit. You can do that kind of stuff. And Arizona, it's almost like they if you're in good standing with background checks, they want you to own guns. Because they're afraid of guns constantly getting taken away from them. So everybody's yeah. like, go well, out and get your Arizona permit now. The senator got shot, right? Or the congresswoman, she got shot. So I thought they were going to ban guns in Arizona for sure after that. Yeah, I, I remember that. But, Jeez, Louise. but anyway, but going back to my like, theory, what do you think of that? Like in California, can some of these like say liquor stores just have a gun behind the counter? Or are they able to? Yeah, do- of course they can. Okay. Can, like gun owners. Okay. So in California, you could actually carry... You can have a conceal and carry permit. Diane Feinstein has one. She carries a gun. 
Nancy Pelosi carries a gun. A lot of these people carry guns. But why do they advocate for gun control then if they're... Yeah, because they, this is, they could have guns, but they don't want you to have guns. No, but like, like that's what I was telling you about Santa Clara. Santa Clara is unique in the Bay Area where it's like, I think it's the only city in the Bay where you could honestly, where the normal people who aren't shop owners, because the people who can carry guns in California are people who carry money. Basically, if, if you carry yeah. lots of money, have to make bank deposits every day, they always give you that gun. But I mean, they give you that permit, you know, for a concealed uh, permit. Mm-hmm. But in Santa Clara, anybody, any citizen can do it from from what I huh. can tell. As long as you can pass a background check, Santa Clara. That's why when I was at the laundromat, I was like, holy smokes. They uh, allow for, you know, they said this area allows for carry uh or this uh, establishment allows people to carry guns like you know Mm -hmm. so i I guess that was a warning for for people not to start trouble inside the laundromat but i'm thinking it's santa clara how how much trouble is there in the laundromat but anyway uh going back to you know black on asian crime see and, and and this is the thing like like okay so the second part it happens, it needs to be acknowledged, but I, I believe, I mean, because I'm not Asian and I know I'm, I'm black and all this other stuff, so this might sound like, ah, oh, dude, you're just saying this because you're black. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm saying this because it's true. This happens everywhere around the world. It, this is not a matter of race, it's a matter of, you know, it's kind of like tale of two cities. Mm-hmm. And that's what, uh, and, 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 I'll, and I'll say this, like, uh, I listened to Dr. Savage uh, yesterday mm-hmm. or the day before. I forget. It was either yesterday or the day. No, I think it was two days ago. And uh, no, no, it was yesterday. I listened to him yesterday, and he was talking about Tales of Two Cities. But it's totally accurate. The progressives have set up a class warfare in this country. And... Um, and I hate to steal people's, this is why I don't like to listen to other people because like, you know, like this really does tie into the tale of two cities. This person attacked an 88 year old woman. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with race. It had everything to do with his belief system. Right. He believes that the rich are responsible for him being broken and uneducated. Sure. So he went after this lady because it was at a park. What is she doing at my ghetto ass park where we sell our drugs and we do all our, you know what I mean? So it's, um, it's this whole class warfare thing that the left has started. And, and I believe the right is running along right, right along with it. I mean, look at Donald Trump when he says things, he, he's literally saying, Oh, banks are bad. The bankers are this, you know what I mean? He gets into that stuff too. He'll say it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he has, you know, but he's good at it because he'll say, yeah, I went bankrupt all these times and, but I came back and you guys can too, because this is America. And, And that's the right, the right pretty much hates rich people, but they want to become rich. Whereas the left now all believe and think we hate rich people and we don't even want to be rich people because once you become rich, you end up being this big prick and, uh, and then you change. That's why we don't want to be rich. 
So that's the left and that's the right in this country. Like we don't have true conservatives. I, and that's why as an atheist, I'm really trying to get Christians to become political. Why? Because we need a real right. We don't need this one party system. Like this is a direct quote from Savage. He goes, we have a one party system playing a two card Monty game on the public. And that's the truth. If you know anything about two card Monty, it's funny, but it's the truth. Yeah. And he was talking about like how tr him and Trump grew up in, his, in Queens, both of them mm -hmm. grew up poor, Trump yeah. grew up rich and da, 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 blah, blah. It, like it was just all this big deal, but it's, but this is what is truly behind this black on Asian crime. It has nothing to do with race, but everything to do with class. And, but the problem was, how did these Chinese people get into Visitation Valley, quote unquote? Well, Willie Brown brought them here. Right. He transplanted so, these people here to create an elite class in Hunter's Point, mm -hmm. the Bayview. It, it doesn't make any sense. But that's how he stays in power. That's how he got his money. Because think about it. If every single person who came from China gave Willie Brown 50,000 bucks cash, think about it. A thousand times 50K is a boatload of money. And of course, he dollars, yeah, that money with his team of lawyers and all this other stuff. But you know, that's no joke. I believe that's at least um, that's at least five million dollars, right? Or is it fifty million? Yeah, fifty million bucks. Yeah, it's not bad. That is not bad at all. <laughs> A thousand people giving you that kind of money every year is a ton of cash that 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 that's uh that that's you know but again like i said he has like about 10 lawyers he has uh, um so there's like it's him and two other guys sit on this board so i'm trying to do the math if he spends like maybe 10 million on salaries and expenses 40 million is left over divided by three Oh my goodness. You're talking about uh, between 12 and 13 million or 14 million or something like that. It was, it's pretty high. So that's not bad. I mean, I know $10 million is not that much money, but, but it's pretty good if that's what you're doing every year. You know what I mean? So if he's yeah. making 10 million a year and then you figure half of that goes away to no, nah, I bet he doesn't even pay taxes. So, but anyway, but that's my point. So he's creating this two-class system, just like Tales of, Tale of Two Cities by uh, Dickens. And uh, that's why the classic books are really good, because you'll have a better understanding of social engineering mm -hmm. when this happens. This is honestly a product of social engineering by the left. And the right goes along with it because they see what Willie Brown is doing. And because I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Like I advocate for EB5. Why? Because you're meeting a need for rich people. The only way to make money. And this is what we're all about on, on this podcast is how to make money. The easiest way to make money is to get a rich person to invest in you. Mm -hmm. That's how you make money because you have to have an idea and you need capital to start that idea. Right. And, and my thing is like this. If you're going to be like a shark, tank, a shark tank entrepreneur, yeah, you're never going to be rich. You're, you'll be successful, but it's moderate success. 
But if you get EB-5 investment type money, because think about it, in Shark Tank, they're looking for like 50,000, 100,000. I'll give you a stake of, you know, 50% in it for a million, just one million. Yeah, and it's bullshit. They're, they're, they're happy when they do, oh, we did like 1.6 million in sales. And they're like, oh, that's nothing. You're better off just working as a general manager at Walmart or, or Starbucks. You'll make just as much money being a general man. I mean, hell, if you're a general manager in Vegas working in a hotel in one of those nightclubs, mm -hmm. any of the 10 major nightclubs in, in Vegas, you're making quarter of a million dollars. You could be a VP at any major bank, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and you're going to make 200K, right. you know, which is more money than an entrepreneur at, at on Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people watch Shark Tank and they think, oh, yeah, that's the way. No. If you want to make money, you have to get some rich dude to fund your ideas. And the easiest way to get a rich guy to fund your ideas is to get a foreign rich dude who needs a green card for his family. Right. So let's let's go back. Let's go back and tie this back to black on Asian crimes. I'm actually looking at one of these links from a couple of years ago where there was an altercation between a Korean American immigrant who was actually pushed onto the tracks of a New York subway by a black guy. And they even have the photo of this guy yeah, like seconds him. before he get he gets hit. And it's just black man killed in East Village. I'm not black man. A black man killed an, an 80, 68 year old Chinese man in East Village, New York. That's the one, right? Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, you just won't see this, right? Black Lives Matter will get all up in arms when, you know, a black guy gets killed by a so-called white cop. They won't do it when a black guy gets killed by a black guy. They certainly won't do it when black people go after Asians. Um, and again, like, I think, unfortunately, I wish people would, I mean, it, it's hard to say this and to not sound like you're prejudiced. It does make me angry. The thing is, I, I it's, but it's not a, a race thing. It's a progressive, you know what I mean? It's like this kind of, hate is coming from not because I think black people are racist towards Asians or vice versa, but it's, it's the dichotomy. It's, it's the economics in the neighborhood. It's the, the issues and the friction that happens in progressive cities that's creating this. I mean, what, what prompts someone, right, to get to the point where they argue with somebody who they can't understand very well in a poor neighborhood to actually killing them, like full on just killing them? That's my big question, right? Well, I mean, see, but that's my point. Like, people, like, like when you watch the video, it just looks like a really standard beating. But people don't understand that this is what happens. This is just what happens in the hood. Like, this is honestly what happens. This is, like, everyday life in the hood. You know, like, it, you know, just, uh, gee, I hate to say things like this, but, you know, like, there's a guy here on this you know, in this building, he's a, he's a drug addict. And, and I got to walk with them at night just to make sure he doesn't get jacked and, or doesn't bring trouble back from, you know, cause we live in the tenderloin and um, <laughs> you know, the problem with these people that live here, they like, Oh Jesus. Okay. So we have a lot of Asians that live in this building, you know, and, and for some reason, a lot of them are from Thailand and, they honestly do not understand that this is a dangerous neighborhood. 
because they think, oh, Thailand's crazy. No, it's not as crazy as Thailand because Thailand's crazy, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, these people will follow you here as well. And what are you going to do? You're nobody. You're alone. You know, so just because it's not as dangerous or open, but they do it like the way this black dude did on the video when no one's around. And when you're in this apartment complex, no one's around. You're all alone. So they will kill you. This is not a safe area. This is not a, you know, safe neighborhood. Just because it was crazy where you're from doesn't mean it doesn't get crazy here too. Because this is the, the big problem. And, 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 I, and, you know, I'm guilty of this too. Because, you know, when you go to places in the Middle East, I'm not like the entire country is, uh, you know, it's, it's insane. Like, uh, and I, you know, like you remember I, I was telling you about like this, that one country where they, they really like their economies about, you know, gum mm -hmm. and stuff like the Arabic gum. Sure. So, you know, I'm not kidding you. People can be getting like shot. Like there could be a literal skirmish, a, yeah, skirmish, like a, a, a skirmish, you know, like people fighting yeah. like a little mini war, you know, like a little battle going on right next door to them. And they're just inside the little coffee shop drinking that little Ethiopian espresso stuff that they like to drink. And there's a little war going on outside and nobody cares. Like, you know, they're like, yeah, it's just another day in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? And they don't trip. And because there's not violence yeah. like that in the, in the United States, even in the worst ghettos, it's not that violent. And, uh, you know, and it's not because they're violent people. There's a literal war going on and people don't realize that. So, you know, and that's why I say things like, look, a, like the, the men are tougher. They're like, they're real men in the Middle East, yeah. you know, even though they're Muslim or whatever, you know, they're not like effeminized. They're not like, oh, you know, you're going to hurt my feelings by, by not using my proper pronoun. You know, they don't care about stuff like that. They'll smack the taste out of your mouth for reals. Yeah. You know, like that's not a saying in a rap song. It's a real thing that these people will do. And uh, so when they come here and they see how soft everybody is in the United States, because we did a podcast about how testosterone levels are dropping. Yeah, yeah. I think it's only in this country because all over the world, the men are men. You know, they see a chick in a miniskirt. They have no problem, you know, picking up on her, grabbing her. You know, it's not like, oh, don't t you got to respect the women. They don't give up two pieces of anything. They don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, when, when, when a guy... And, and, and Asian people are, are really, really got to wake up that even though America's soft, they're still dangerous and, and you can't be alone. It's not like, you know, it's not like these areas in, in Asia that they're accustomed to. It's not like, uh, and a lot of people in the Middle East, you know, are whoever victimized in the Middle East is because of the same thing. I know we're going, yeah, a little bit off here, but I have to agree with you because here's the thing. You would say that it's stationary, pretty custom to kind of greet a stranger as you just kind of walk down the street here. In well, no, no, no. Well, see, my point was this. The same thing how they say black on Asian crime, 
Yeah. It's the same thing as Muslim. Like, oh, the, a Muslim guy was attacked. No, it's just a black dude beating your ass because he thought you had money. <laughs> it wasn't a Muslim attack. Yeah. It was because black people in, you know, or any person, because it could have been Mexicans too. Like, usually when somebody gets attacked in a, in a ghetto, mm-hmm. it's going to be black or Mexican or Salvadoran, Honduran. Like, it's going to be an illegal immigrant or a black dude or somebody who lives in the hood. Like, but it's the truth. And it's not because of race. It's because of classism. Yeah. And, and why are immigrants always susceptible? Because they think all Americans are soft. And that's, it's, but that's. But, but, but so, yeah, that, that's a good point. Because I was, what I was about to say was, you know how here in America, you, like, you can just greet a stranger. And it's pretty stationary to just kind of say, hey, how's your day going? You want to know something weird that I was taught living overseas in like a Muslim country and everything? It is not customary to say hi to people you don't know. And no, no, but check, but watch the video. Watch, are you watching? Like start it from the beginning. Watch this video from the beginning. Did you hit play? Yeah, I'm watching okay, it. So see now, notice how, notice how that Chinese guy. Yeah. Do you notice how the one the one guy's watch looking and watching? He just back. walks away. Yeah. No, no, he's looking like I hit stop. So he's looking at this confrontation. What should have happened? This Chinese guy should have started walking away too. Why the hell is he even trying to engage with this dude? You know what I mean? Like why? It makes no sense. But he's an immigrant thinking everybody's soft. And a lot of them, not just that, but they go, oh, we're not racist. We're not prejudiced. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's the same with that nonsense that a lot of Asians believe, like that Buddhism stuff. That's why I call it a cult because it's, you know, it's just, it's, you can't, you know what I mean? Like you got to recognize that there's evil in this world. There's people, and this guy doesn't recognize it. So then, boom, automatically this guy gets thrown to the wall. You know what I mean? Instead of just screaming for help or something like that, he didn't do that. See, a normal person who, who honestly knows that there's trouble in the world, they'll start screaming and yelling automatically. Why? Because they know. But And this guy, and the, when he gets thrown, this guy is walking away. He should have said, hey, call 911, blah, 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 blah. He should have been yelling something. But yeah. he wasn't because immigrants who come to this country because look at how clean it is. Look at it. Look at the video. Look yeah. at how clean it is. It's not dirty. It's not, you know what I mean? So whenever you see something, cause look, and that's the thing, America, even in the ghetto, even though I complain about how dirty San Francisco is and da, 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 it's still better than, you know, the dirt and gravel roads of Sedan yeah. or, or, or Saudi Arabia. Sure, sure. Or let, you know what I mean? It's just, I mean, dude, in Israel, there was people taking a shower in a shanty. You could see them naked, just in the middle of nowhere, just taking a shower. Like, that's the thing to do. And I'm thinking, how is this even humanly possible? Oh, they're Arabic. They don't mind it. They're like animals. I'm like, really? That's what you guys believe? But that's what they, that's what they told yeah, me. No, no, you're not wrong. I mean, it's and, all... and I was like, I said, nobody wants to live like that. But, I, you know, but anyway, but that doesn't happen in the United States. It just doesn't. I mean, it's starting to do this a little bit with people pooping in the streets. But for the most part, you don't see the same type of 
filthiness and poverty. Because even in the city, it's like at seven o'clock in the morning, all the poop has you know been washed off the streets because you know every day is street cleaning. Right. So you know what I mean. So, but look how clean it is in the East Village. So an immigrant will be obviously disalarmed mm-hmm. when they're approached by anybody. Oh, look how clean and good. No, fuck no. <laughs> they have to realize like, nope, 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 nope. People from the ghetto. And this is why you stereotype. And I know that one emailer might be upset, but it's the truth. Stereotypes save your life they do and you have to stereotype it look in this country blacks live in the ghetto Mm -hmm. almost all of them exclusively it ain't a ghetto unless there's a strong black population in it and it's just how it goes and until people are teaching immigrants hey look you can't trust a black dude why because they're from the ghetto and even if they're out of the ghetto, you can't change that mentality. It's even overnight you can't. Because how many Christian dudes from the ghetto still have that ghetto mentality? You know, it don't matter. It, it's a hard thing to get over. Because I'm hella ghetto. And it's hard for me to get a lot of my ghetto-ness out of me. But it makes me good, too. Like, dude, I survive. Like, I can go anywhere around the world, and I'm, I'm solid. Like, I don't have to worry about anything. Because yeah. I am the dangerous person, <laughs> you know. I can go in and say, "Oh my God, the dangerous." Yeah, but going the going back to to Americans being soft, right, and partly to due to where they're coming from, being from different countries and all that, that adds to the friction, right? It also gives other people the ability to feel like they can take advantage of others. I remember the guy who was interviewed. There was a an SF article, right, of a uh-huh. black guy who was interviewed who attacked an Asian guy, and literally said that it wasn't because he didn't like the Asian guy. It's because he thought he had money. It's because he thought he wouldn't resist, which is true. They wouldn't yeah. fight back. And he flat out said that, like, in an interview. No, but like, everybody knows it. I just know well, he won't put up a fight. That's, that was his answer. He would not put up a fight. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. It's like a guy I know, an acquaintance, uh, you know, from the attorney, uh, counselor, he told me point blank. He was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad those guys didn't resist because if they would have, we would have shot them. No problem. And I'm thinking, crap. I said, really? You guys would have done that? I said, that's cowardly. And I said, you know, in the old days, I said, I don't understand why you guys don't use your hands. I mean, although that guy, according to this video, was killed when he was using his hand. Like, but then I think he was killed because of his age. You know, to get thrown like that at 68, that's... Uh, that's yeah. pretty hard to take when you're 68 years old. And that's why there's no 68-year-old fighters in the ring, you know. And, and this guy is pretty young. You can tell. And then he did a full-blown the, – the kick was weak. But uh, he had more power with his, with his crazy swing and throw, but the kicks were weak. But it's well, amazing. I mean, the guy's dead. <laughs> He was killed. That's the, the thing. Yeah, it looks like he was lifeless from his head being banged. Like, you know what I mean? Like his head hit the concrete. Yeah. And a lot of it actually was more more luck than him being strong. Like bad luck for the Asian dude. Because I'm thinking, yeah, this dude had no power. But when you look at how he threw him and his head hit the concrete, like on, on the side of the wall, dude, that that's that's where he was that's where he that's where he got killed. 
bam. See, do you see it? run an impact? Yeah. yeah, that's that's how he that's how he died. So, like in theory, like a dude like that is soft, but and, and I'm telling you now, just from watching this video, all, if he would have screamed for help, he would he would avoided a lot of that. He would have he would have ran because you can tell he's a coward, not because. Oh, you know, guys that do that are cowards. No, but you can tell he's a coward by, by his power. Like if, uh, you know, the way he threw him, he didn't really throw him that good. And it was more, cause like, I'll tell you a story about luck because in the ghetto, a lot of these dudes are not a fight and they kill based on luck than real intent. Like, you know, like what you said, you go to training for you go to gun training to learn how to use a gun properly. So these dudes in the hood, they don't know how to shoot. They they don't know how to care for the gun. They don't know how to aim. So uh, <laughs> they don't know how to aim. Mind. Well, but it's the truth. It's and the truth, this is yeah. like a sad story. But one of my uh, uh, this uh, the person who gave me power, political power, uh, her son was uh, was the only one of her kids to graduate high school. Mm -hmm. So her, all her other kids were, were just crappy ghetto kids, right? And uh, even though it was a two-family home, they're still intact. And, and they, were, they were somewhat successful. None of them are really troubled. But, you know, their dad was a famous singer and uh, was on Soul Train and Solid Gold and things like that back in the mm -hmm. 70s and, and whatnot, had success in the 60s, 70s. So, you know, the family was intact. Right. But because gangster rap was the new thing, this kid, uh, the older, the older brother, the guy that was graduating uh, high school, mm -hmm. you know, he was getting into gangster rap and, and producing that kind of music. So he was, you know, like a wannabe gangster now. Right. Even though he came from a two family home, he had nothing to do with gangster rap, but that was the music and they were trying to make money doing it. Sure. So anyway, at this graduation, a fight breaks out. He jumps up on an elevated platform, like a garden type of a deal, and he shoots up in the sky to try to break up the fight. But another guy, and the spotlight was on him. For whatever reasons, he jumped into the spotlight, you know, for attention, shoots up in the air to try to break up a fight. This guy pulled out a gun, shot him in the leg. And when he was falling to the floor, he shot again and got him in the neck. And that was pure luck. And I was trying to explain that to his mother. I was like, look, I get it. You guys are all upset, crying. You know, and this is like during their trial. I was like, look, uh, I don't want to say her name. Uh, look, you know, I'll call her president. Hey, because, you know, hey, president. You got to, you know, you got to let it go mm -hmm. because it was just by sheer luck because nobody is going to shoot you in the neck the second time you shoot somebody. He was falling to the floor. Look, you know, kids in the movie, when they shoot, they just put their hand out straight in front of them and shoot. They're yeah. not aiming. There's no arch or angle to the shot. He's just pointing straight the way your son was straight. He was at his thigh, you know, his thigh was his arm to his shoulder length. Right. And uh, when he was falling, cause you know, and with the semi-automatic, 
you could shoot twice in a, you know, you could shoot once per second, at least once per second if you're slow. Mm -hmm. And most people are pretty fast, so you can get two rounds off in, in a second. So by the time he was falling, the second shot went to his neck, and that was an accident. He didn't mean to kill him, but he is dead. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't like he – I mean, yeah, he killed him, but it wasn't like he did it on purpose. So, you know, if your son wasn't the one who didn't pull out his gun first, he'd still be alive to this day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't, you know look, that's I'm terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. No, I mean, because I know that's not what people want to hear when their son gets murdered, but – but I was trying to tell the truth and say, hey, look, man, don't because the media was trying to make a big deal out of this and stuff like this, because this happened in a city where there was no gun violence at all. Right. This is the first time a gun murder happened that wasn't domestic violence or something. This is like the first quote unquote gang activity. Sure, and, sure. And it wasn't even gang activity. It was just a bunch of rappers trying to pretend to be hard in a small city. Uh, like, you know, like a small town, like, like a daily city or, or, or Newark yeah. in, in the Bay area. So, but it, and it goes back to what you said earlier, people aren't trained in guns. It was pure luck. The way this guy got murdered was pure luck, mm -hmm. but people are trying to make it a big deal. Like, Oh, this is black on Asian crimes. Like, no, this is a tale of two cities. Don't fall into the progressive arguments like, cause these are the, like always trying to do identity politics. No, this isn't it at all. This is the alpha males with no, not even, I mean, you know, you know, but you would say the alpha and the beta males taking advantage of the weakest of the flock of the people. Mm -hmm. And and you said it yourself, that guy admitted it. This guy wasn't even yelling or, you know, women even know how to fight back or, but immigrants are like, eh, you know. You know, and, and that's not the way to be. You have to always be on guard. And, and, and you know, why? Because if you see a black dude, you got to assume he's, he's ghetto. Seriously, I, I, you know, I don't know that guy, what guys, oh, you guys sound like racist, but it's not racism. If I see a bunch of Mexicans, I, I think the same thing. <laughs> they're going to have a knife. They're going to try to stab me. So you got you to gotta respect it for what it is. Stereotypes are born out of patterns. I mean, just like forget about all that. Forget about all that. Where is it come coming from? This is to address that one guy who might be offended. But this is the truth. The reason why we need stereotypes because not only does it serve to self-protect you, but it's to show respect. Because if you don't respect my power, it makes me even more pissed off. I'm like, punk, he thought what? You should have known me. Look at how I dress. Mm -hmm. I dress for a reason to send a message. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> you know, seriously, I, I walk around the way I walk around because I don't want to be fucked with. I don't want people coming up to me. Hey, oh, hey, professor, how are you doing? I don't want to talk to you. Seriously, I don't want to talk to you. Don't say hi to me. I'm not that guy. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, 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 but that's how most people from the hood are. And if the majority of the hoods made up of black and Mexicans, you got to treat them with that respect because it's the truth. I don't want to talk to you. Most people don't want to be talked to like uh, those dudes, uh, the Diaz brothers. Yeah. Stockton, they walk around for a reason that way. Why? Because they're racist or they don't want to be stereotyped. No, they don't want to be bothered. And if they're bothered, they'll give you the, what they call the Stockton slap. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Definitely. No, but the reason why we slap is because we don't want to break our knuckles. Because, you know, just like with, with uh, learning how to, you know, use a gun, you got to learn how to throw a punch without cracking your knuckles. And it's a hard thing to master to throw a punch, so you might as well slap a dude. It ain't going to break nothing that way unless your palm is weak. But, but the thing is, the whole thing with black on Asian crime, it, it, it's just it's, it's the use of language. But instead of getting to the root of the problems, like, why are ghetto people so hard? Why are they like, seriously, like in the ghetto, how come everybody in the you ghetto? You know what? You have to be. You just have to be. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But, but, no. Well, see, but this is the thing. I'm not kidding you. You don't have to be a brute in the ghetto. You are a brute because it's a product of where you're at. See, why do people in the ghetto have so many kids? You know, why is that? Well, for the same reason why that dude was trying to like there was a dude on tyt mm-hmm. trying to say that steven crowder was banging on that gave the gay uh what's his the gay wonk i forgot his real name but he goes by gay wonk uh okay. so the gay wonk from vox yep. the reason why steven crowder is so hard and always banging on the gay wonk from vox is because steven crowder secretly wants to bang the game uh, the okay game. you're gonna have to explain that a bit more Steven no no but, but that's his point is that it's it's an act of aggression ah. that, that that the reason why steven crowder he's acting out aggressively because he wants to bang him in the ass that's why but it goes back to what i'm saying sex is a violent act you know when dudes are banging they ain't banging slow to orgasm they gotta go pretty fast and when you're going pretty fast it's like a workout Right. And, you know, and it's not like, you know, not to get graphic or anything, but it is an act of aggression. More, you know, like you're spanking that ass and, and stuff like <laughs> that, whatever. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It, it's just, uh, it's a weird thing, but that's why, you know, like that, that kind of explains why there's so many kids in the hood, not just because they're uneducated, but they're more aggressive than, you know, people outside of the hood. And people might not want to admit that, but it's the truth. Why do blacks have so many kids, so many baby daddies? You know, why do so many moms in the hood have different baby daddies? Why? Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, you know how often you see a black chick with three or four dads for all their kids? Like, you have a, you know, they have three or four uh, kids from three right. or four different dads. That's insane. It would really be insane if they had four kids, five dads. <laughs> no, that was a bad joke. <laughs> that, that, but, that, but see, but this yeah. is the thing. See, and, and the reason why those things happen is because in the hood, it's the last place where men are actually men. But they're uneducated men. We want our men to behave like this with aggression and things like that, but not randomly violent and, and, and evil. Yeah. So that, that's what evil does to you. That's why I keep saying, it's like, Dude, the Christians, they left our country way back in 1950. Uh-huh. When 1960 came around, the Christians packed their bags and called it a day. Seriously, and that's why we have what we have. And the, the progressives took over, and now they're masking all this black and Asian crime as something based on race versus something that these immigrants all think that everybody's soft. And they have to realize that blacks come from the ghetto. And they're, 
ghettoness is going to lead to this criminal behavior against them. And that's the truth. Until people start waking up and start saying, hey, look, man, these fuckers are are ghetto as fuck and they're dangerous as fuck and, and they have no God in them. They're wicked, wicked people that need to be saved. And, and that's that's the truth of it. Hmm. But what happened to Victory Outreach? What happened in home, like in LA? There's homie, uh, Homeboy Industries. Yeah. What happened to those people? They're gone. They don't exist anymore. They they turned all gay. Homeboy <laughs> Industries might as well be some gay industry thing. It, it's it's all faggy now, and just it's just crazy. And, and that's not right. And and you know, and I'm probably falling off the rug. But what the hell is anti? You know but it's the thing is like look you can't progressive ideology and all its form is just destroying our society is it right i mean is there a lot of asians victims of blacks hell yeah but all of society are victimized by blacks not just asians white people black people shit there's well, more it, blacks it, being killed by other blacks than any other group sure sure and and you know to confirm that in that same email i was sent this article also from Australia, you know, it happened, it happened in Australia. It's happening in uh, definitely in countries out in the far East as well. And yeah, this is, this is what I actually, no, it's the truth. Think about this in Australia, they're taking, and this is why it makes no sense. Yeah. You want, when you like, I'm all for merit based immigration only. Mm -hmm. The only way you're going to get here is if you're going to do well for somebody else. That's how you get into this country. If I was Australian, I mean, Australia does have an EB-5 program, but there's, it's not called EB-5 in Australia. I'm sure, yeah, it's got a different code and all that. Yeah, well, and, but it costs more, though. See, in Australia, their EB-5 program is you got to spend $2.5 million, where right. in this country, it's more like a million and a half. So you save, a, that's why everybody wants to come here, because it's only 1.5 versus two and a half or three million in australia and canada's like four or five million it's a joke but anyway uh but going back to like i'm gonna finish my australian story uh but think about this in australia they take refuge like crazy ass pirates from somalia <laughs> and they're going into you know seriously think about this if you think a hood in LA is bad. Imagine what it's like when they're killing you for your shoes in African countries like Cameroon I or wherever. Yeah. Seriously, these dudes will kill you for your shoes. And that's what they're accepting in Australia? Men like that? Of course this is crazy. That's why I'm surprised. It's, I'm not surprised it comes from Australia because Australia is, is backwards. When it comes to that, come on, how many people in the United States honestly accept those types of Africans from African nations that are from their hood? You know what I mean? They will never do it. They will never do it. Never, ever, ever do it. Mm -hmm. Ever. But in Australia, eh, they got a boatload of people like that. <laughs> but I, I'm curious to know if they have a Vietnamese problem like that. Like, you know, in, in here... The Vietnamese, they run around with their guns shooting everybody. Uh, and, and they're like, seriously, the, uh, the uh, hold on a second. Uh, well, when you're ready. Yeah, yeah, when you're ready. No, no, no. Yeah. She's, 
experience. It's okay because we we can actually shift gears into our second segment here. But yeah, go ahead, finish your. No, thought. no, I was. I'm curious because in okay, so in the hoods here in the Bay, dude, the Vietnamese run everything. 